Hi everyone, I am Tanvi. This is Bal. And this is Yashu. And we welcome you all to the next episode of Bio Without Boundaries podcast. Today we have with us Samit Roy who is currently studying at John Hopkins University. He is majoring in chemical and biomolecular engineering with a double major in economics and he is also a pre-med student. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little about what you're doing right now? Yeah. First of all, thank you for inviting me to your podcast. And um hello everyone. My name is Samit Tribe and I'm a senior at Johns Hopkins University in US. I study chemical and biomolecular engineering with a double major in economics and I'm also on a pre-med track, but I don't know how my future plans are going to go. Uh currently I work in a research lab that focuses on nanotechnology and drug delivery systems and I'm also working for a startup that focuses on private equity investments. That is quite interesting. Also, can you please elaborate on your major chemical and biomolecular engineering? Like what is this course about? Yeah. Let me start by talking about how I chose chemistry as my major and my journey from high school. So, back at home when I was studying in high school, uh I was really good at science. And so, one drawback of being good at science back at home is in India was people would just say become a doctor because that's what that's what's important you can do a lot with it and you are helping people basically no one would ever say oh you're good at science but what about engineering they would always be like oh if you're good at science go for doctor if you're good, good at computers and coding go for computer engineering so my mind was pretty much limited towards becoming a doctor and that's one of the reasons why i ended up at johns hopkins because it's one of the world's best for medicine but when i came to college i came in as an undecided major so and i i had a lot of credits from high school from pretty much if you do well in your classes you get credits and you can use them here to skip classes so freshman year i didn't have to go through taking like normal courses i could explore other courses so i had the liberty to explore courses in other majors so i was taking classes in chemistry for example i was taking chemistry labs i was exploring classes in bio i was taking biochemistry i was even taking classes for comp sci so i was learning java and python i was taking classes for even for literature i was learning shakespeare's uh, plays and all that stuff and i in fact i was even an english major once which is so different than engineering and science but that's one good thing about uh, a college or university in US is that you have a lot of options that they don't restrict you to anything they encourage you to choose as much as you can and as many as you can so for an entire year i was exploring my options and i came to realize that i really like problem solving more than um pure thinking about theories and stuff so that's one thing that i think differentiates engineering from pure science is that if you like more applications and kind of math based um sciency you go to rich engineering whereas if you like really pure science and like just want to know what happens and why it happens we choose the pure science 
Um, so after talking to a lot of upper classmates and a lot of professors, which I would highly recommend for everyone to do, you should always try to get any opportunity to talk to people and talk to them about their experiences because that's how you can get to know what's real in this world. And after talking to them, I realized that KMBE actually is really open with opportunities and it would not put me in a spot where I only have one direction as a career. And that's one of the reasons why I chose KMBE because so traditionally, uh, chemical engineers work in manufacturing plants. So all the products that you see out there, um, for example, your water bottle or the pots and utensils in your kitchen or even your shoes and clothes, they're all coming out, out of a manufacturing plant. And so there is a person responsible for the well-being of all the machines and the processes in the plants. And that's the traditional chemical engineer. Um, more recently, or the more modern chemical engineer is uh, more towards research. So uh, the one thing that differentiates research and engineering and can be to be specific and research in pure sciences like chemistry and bio is that in KMBE, we care more about the app, the end, end result pretty much. Like what is the product and what, what am I getting out of it? And can I make it? Can I make it so that it's low cost and I can make a lot of it? And in pure science research, you focus more towards what is happening and why is it happening? So let me give you an example. Uh, one of the things that I like the most is the fragrance and flavor industry. So all all your spices out there, like nutmeg, cinnamon, vanilla, these all have to be extracted from their root natural sources, right? So for example, from a tree or from leaves. And so the extraction process, what are the right conditions? What scale do I produce this into? Um, how can I extract it the best by using the lowest amount of materials? That's all engineering research. But a more science research or more pure science research, like for example, in chemistry might be, oh, what does a chemical compound of vanilla will look like? And what can I, what is the interactions that this compound will do with other chemicals or something like that? And so both researches are really good in their separate ways. So as an engineer, you're trying to just lower the cost of the entire process, whereas it's in pure science, you're trying to figure out what vanilla itself is, right? And in pure science, you can also um, do stuff like make the artificial vanilla. So that's one of the things that's out there right now because vanilla itself is so expensive to extract from its natural sources that they've created the flavor that vanilla has, and now you can make that and you can produce that. And then it goes back to engineer. So it's like a, it's a, it's a very interesting thing that you can do out there. Um, but another option with KMBE is that you can go towards uh, working in a firm or in a consulting company. So then you're not restricted to one project. Um, you actually have options of working um, in variety of projects at one time, and you don't have to be limited to research. You're working in different teams every every week, you're talking to different companies every week, um, and you can also work towards management or something like that in a firm. So there are a lot of options that can be can provide to you, and that's what enticed me the most because I did not know what I wanted to do.
Um, so yeah, that's why I'm a CAMBE because I, I, I don't know what I want to do, but I know that it's something to do with some, maybe working in a manufacturing industry. I really like that idea or more towards management. Well, that was quite informational. Also, I would like to ask you why you decided to double major in economics. Is it something you like to study in general, like it interests you, or did you take it keeping your career options in mind? Yeah, so I chose economics because, as I said, when I came to college, I explored a lot of different majors, and economics was one of the higher ranking ones, which I really liked. And a great thing about a U.S. university is that you can do double majors, triple majors, whatever. It it gets kind of hard. It is complicated, but you can do it if you want to do it. And so I, I had so much interest in economics that I just couldn't give up the opportunity to not learn it. And I think that's one thing that I would also encourage to everyone is that when you go to a college, especially in the U.S., always try to take up a minor, uh, if not a major, uh, which is something really different from what you're doing. Because you're never going to be able to learn all of these things once you graduate or are working a regular job. Like, I'm never going to have time to learn a language after I graduate because I'll always be busy in my current job and things to do in my job. In fact, um, I think most of my engineering friends have a minor or a major that is something really different from what they're doing. So one of my chemistry friends has uh, earth and planetary sciences as their second major, which these are not two skills that you can, uh, or not two subjects that you can overlap in any way. You're never going to have a job that focuses on chemistry, but also earth and planetary sciences, or maybe something like psychology, for example. But it's just a great time to learn things that interest you the most. And so if you ever have an option to learn something more like minor or major, you should always take that opportunity. Um, the reason why I chose economics was because I, I was really interested in the finance and the investment field and also in business management side. So one thing that economics can do for engineers is that it gives you an opportunity to work in the management positions or for consulting firms. So for example, let's take uh, Tata Steel industry as an example, right? If you work in Tata Steels, you could be working as a traditional chemical engineer and you could be working in, on the manufacturing side, as I explained earlier, or you could be the manager. Now the difference between the manager and the normal process engineers is that the manager cares more about the overall safety, first of all, of the workers and all, but also more of the cost and the profit side, right? And for that, you do need a background in economics and business. And well, these you cannot hire just any economics or business majors out there because you need to know what's happening in, a, in an engineering field, what your product is, and you know, you should have a background in it. So it it is kind of relevant to have uh, economics background to that engineer side, and I think it's a really unique and important skill to have. Yeah, also at the end of the day, um, a double major always offers you a different route, to a different field to take. So if I ever get bored of engineering, I could just pursue a career in economics because, well, I have a major in it, so I do have the knowledge for it. 
Thank you for that informative insight into taking a minor or a double major in something just to explore and learn more about it. Moreover, I would also like to ask that isn't a lot of stress like you're double majoring and also pre-med at one of the most prestigious and selective universities for sciences? Well, yeah, there is a lot of stress um, when you add another major or minor or choose another track to go along with your main major. And it's pretty much because you're just you just have less free time and you have more things to study for in a week than a normal person would. But I think what's really important is to think about your interests and your passion. So, for example, if I wasn't passionate about economics, I would really hate to study for it. And it's also true for it's not really a thing about um, stress from having more work to do. It's about having stress from things that I really don't enjoy. For example, even in economics, I really don't enjoy studying about the macroeconomic stuff. So it's more about the taxes and the U.S. treasury system, for example. And I don't enjoy it. So whenever I have an exam for that, I pretty much really stress because I have no idea what's happening. But when I have to do engineering stuff with more towards the microeconomic stuff, and maybe for pre-med, I have biochem, for example, I it was pretty much a breeze because I, I get it. I like studying it and I can do it. And I don't mind spending more time studying for it than, and using up my free time. So it's all about finding what you like and finding the balance. And I think uh, pre-med is a really, really weird concept because it's not a major. It's a track that you choose. And the way it works in U.S. is that um, you have to take certain kind of courses. So you have to take all your biochemistry, physics requirements. Um, but then you have an option to choose from a wide range of bio courses and chemistry courses and psych courses. You just have to complete the requirement. So for example, the requirement is like, you have to take two bio courses, two chem courses and one psych course. That could be any course you want it to be. And one thing that you end up seeing a lot is that because ChemBE is also a science-based engineering, my ChemBE courses actually overlap with pre-med requirements. So I actually fulfilled, fulfilled pre-med by just doing ChemBE. And maybe along the way, I have to take an additional class, for example, in social science that I don't have to take for ChemBE. But it pretty much works along the way. And it's a great thing to do, which also reminds me about a thing that I missed um, when I was talking about double major in economics is that when you go to a university in US, um, as an engineer, they pretty much force us, or not force us, but we have a requirement to take humanities classes. We have to take six humanities or social science class. Um, so that six classes could actually if be in the same major. So one of the reasons why I also chose economics was because to get a major in economics, I needed 10 courses in total, um, which is pure economics based. And well, I have to take six courses of humanities for my engineering um, major. So I was like, wait, I can just take four more courses and make this 10 and get a double major. And that would be kind of really cool. So that's also one of the reasons why engineers actually end up with a minor and a major in humanities and social science. It's because, um, well, 
we're required to do state classes. So, yeah, I think it's really, really great thing, though. Yeah, that is true. And we all know that John Hopkins has a lot of research and other opportunities apart from its academics. So are you part of any such activities at campus? Also, it would be great if you could elaborate on the research opportunities at JHU. I am. I think one great thing about a university like Hopkins is that they encourage you to take part in activities that's happening on campus. So research, for example, is something that they really ingrain it into your curriculum. So there's a engineering major, for example, called biomedical engineering. And as a freshman in biomedical engineering, there's a required design team that you have to join, which, and that design team is your own project of creating something and working towards something. So two of my roommates are uh, BMEs and they've, they've been doing design team for the past three years. And one of them pretty much created their own patent for prosthetic nose surgery. Um, so yeah, it's pretty cool that how um, research gets integrated towards the curriculum in science and engineering. For me, um, as I said, when I came to college, I did not know what my major was. So the summer after freshman year, um, my research was in computational biology. So basically using C and C++ in uh, coding languages to model what happens inside a cell. And it's actually pretty cool because um, there's programs out there that allow you to uh, map the interactions that happens in the cell. So I was focusing on the proteins on a cell surface and how they interact in different water and salt environments and all that stuff. And you can pretty much compute everything and let the computer handle with the future of the model. So it's a really interesting field, but um, since I was not interested as much uh, towards the computation side, I dropped that research. Um, then I move towards the research that I'm doing now. And well, the lab right now focuses um, on drug delivery and um, transport mechanisms. So, so what we do right now is look into cancer cells and how different drugs and nanoparticles can be used to inject the drug into that cancer body. And after a while, we, in, we try to analyze okay, what's the best way of injecting it to the cancer um, body and how is it spreading and is it effective or is it not? And is it effective to use nanoparticles instead of just straight up drugs? So it's, it's a pretty interesting research. And again, it's more towards engineering concepts because all these concepts that we're using in this nanoscale are the same exact concepts that we use in the manufacturing industry. And it's just the scale difference, but the theory is same. Um, other than that, right now, uh, since I'm also double in economics, um, so what I'm doing is that I'm working for a private equity investment firm. So what it does is it takes uh, small companies, whoever wants investment, and it connects it to investors in Japan. And right now our market is more focused towards electric cars and other technologies in the electric field. Um, because it is kind of like the future for J Japan and Japanese investors. And um, it's pretty great. Um, you learn a lot of skills doing that. And one thing that I really noticed is that 
The skills from my science-based research and my background ever since high school actually came really helpful for research and economics, and that's pretty much how I got the job, because they were looking for someone with good market research skills, and well, I have good research skills from doing all these science experiments. So that's another great thing about um, having science as your background, because even though if you would want to change your career in future, there are a lot of skills that you can learn from doing something. Just have to figure out how to transfer those skills from one field to the other. Talking about GHU reminds me of how much a task it is to apply for colleges in the US. So would you like to talk about your experience in applying and is there something that you would suggest to our listeners to work upon or focus on when applying to a college in the US? Oh yeah, that's a great question. Um, Coincidentally, I actually volunteer for a program in Baltimore that connects me to kids, um, high school kids, who need a counselor or who need someone to help with their college applications because these people are really underprivileged and they don't have the ability to pay for something. So I do have a lot of experience in knowing what people are going through during their college applications. And the one thing that I noticed um, or that I tell everyone is that it is a really difficult choice to know what college is right for you. Um, but trust, put some trust also on the colleges because the way colleges accept you is that not only do they want you to be their right choice, they want them to be your right choice too. They're thinking about whether they can give something to you and you can give something to their community. Uh, and that's how they accept people. So if it ever feels like, oh, the acceptance rate is really low or, oh, um, I, w- I just wouldn't get in, even though I'm a equally um, good applicant as other person, uh, don't stress much about it uh, in terms of your abilities. It's honestly because they think that they can give something more to another person than they can give to you. And that's pretty much a good thing because you want to end up in the right place. Like... um. When I was applying for colleges, um, I was pretty much unsure on where to go because obviously I will, everyone wants to go to an Ivy League, for example, in the U.S. because it's the Ivy League. It's the best of the best. Yeah, I can give you uh, my journey as an example. So um, I was writing my applications or like the Common App essays. And then when my counselor asked what college you want to go to, I was really confused because I did not know what my future is or what my future career is, which I'm sure that every high school student faces. Um, And so the obvious answer was to learn from other people around me. And while everyone was applying for Ivy League schools, the big universities, and when my counselor asked me what university I want to go to, the first name that popped in my head was Johns Hopkins because I was like, why not? It's a great university. And... I got in and I got lucky that I ended up in a university that I like. And now I know for sure that there are universities out there that I would have really disliked. Harvard, for example, is one of the best universities and it's an Ivy League. But I know for sure that I'd never want to go to Harvard. Um, it's because Harvard would offer me stuff that I really do not want. For example, Howard is Division One in a lot of sports, and they have a really good culture with their and and the community that helps, you know, the, all the athletes and stuff. And you go watch games. 
And I would rather have a community that's more towards the mellow side, which does enjoy their sports, but also, you know, like prefers doing other stuff. Um, and I'm not saying that people at Harvard are not doing that. It's just that it would be harder for me to find the community that I belong to in a big college like Harvard. Like at Hopkins, I think most people here are like me. And um, so, for example, uh, there's, I think, 1,300 people in my class. And out of those 1,300 people, uh, you'll never see half of them because some people just have their own really close, tight-knit community. Some people are just not around, um, always in their homes. And so even though you can be as social as you want, you would only see half the people, right? That brings it down to about 600 to 700. And then out of the 600 to 700, 300 of them are going to be in majors that you'll never be in. So you'll never see them. So the rest of them, 300 are in some kind of classes that you take. And I kid you not, I literally know 300 people related to chem BE and engineering right now. And everywhere I go, anywhere I go, I see those same people and I can have a really great talk with them. I can sit with them. I can hang out with them. And I really enjoy that, knowing people around me because I really like the idea of a small college, whereas other colleges, big colleges would not be able to offer me this. And I would not be able to realize this until I came to Hopkins. So one hard decision about choosing your college is to actually not think about what the college is or where it stands and what its acceptance rate is. Start to think about the college that you'll enjoy because you're going to be spending four years if you're in the U.S. Um, in that college just for undergraduate. Um, so you better go in a place where you think you'll find the best community. And yeah, um, there's not much I can tell you about how to get into a college because, well, it pretty much depends on a lot of factors in your application, you know, your essays and what you're saying about yourself and whether the college that you really want to go to sees what you can give to them. But uh, I would just say that just think about what you want to do a lot and where you want to end up. Like, it doesn't matter how high your college is. It matters what you do in your college. Um, thank you for inviting me to your podcast. I really uh, do think you guys are doing a great thing. And to all the audience, thank you for listening. I think it's really important to know all of these experiences and opinions from people in science fields so that you can have your own um, expectations or realistic ideals about what you want to do. And I wish I had something like this when I was looking for colleges because, well, I was so uncertain about my own life. So, yeah, thank you again. Um, have a great day. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for your kind words. I am sure that this will be really helpful for our listeners. Your experience will certainly help them with their exploring their passion and planning out the next steps towards their future. We wish you all the very best for your future. And once again, thank you for being here. And also thank you to all our listeners for tuning in today. We'll see you in the next steps. Goodbye and stay safe. Stay tuned for more podcasts.